Welcome back to the Customer Discovery Cast. This is your host, Ethan Halfwide. It's been a minute. We haven't spoken in like three months, guys, but I still see you guys downloading episodes each week and it's actually going up. And I'm like, you know, I, I guess it's time to to start start back up the Customer Discovery Cast. But for the first episode back, kind of like when I first started this series, um, I like to do a solo episode every now and then just to like really touch base. You know, it's nice interviewing guests. We get to talk to some amazing people, but I like to think that, you know, I'm not the most uninteresting person in the world. I'd like to chat about what's going on with uh, our journey with CustomerDiscovery.co and Lean Discovery Group, the ups and downs of starting this business, the progress we've made since starting this business, um, the team that has grown, we have an amazing team, uh, over 10 people. I think it's at one point it was like 22 because we had a bunch of interns as well. Um, but our core team is much more manageable now. They're a bunch of A players. They're fantastic, much smarter than me. And I'm actually going to just do a, a Q&A. I wanted to uh, record an episode about kind of the founder's mindset in terms of like how to maintain, you know, equilibrium in terms of ambiguity and rejection and even optimism when things do go your way. How do you remain level level headed? But it, it got a bit too deep. I, I do, you know, I, I want to provide some infotainment, some some education, some insight, some valuable advice, and also like be entertaining, right? Like I don't want you listening to this podcast in your car or at home at home and your energy levels dropping as a result. So we'll come back to that topic a bit later. Um, I think I need to formulate my thoughts better. But for now, really the Q and A. We're going to go through four main questions that I've been asked to answer. And the first one is, what's the most challenging thing or top three things you've experienced as a business owner? (laughs) The first one, from starting out, it's not like I have a job and a manager or job duties and a manager to tell me exactly what to do. The weirdest part about starting a business is that you define your day. And you define exactly what needs to be done. And then from there, after you do a bunch of different tasks, say you do 10 different things each day, at the end of that week, you have to really assess like, hey, five of those things really don't matter. Like, I I don't need to do that anymore. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't have a high impact on the business. Um, It's either draining my energy and, and not providing value to, you know, the team. So you really have to like be very self aware in terms of what you're doing and the value it provides, because it's it's really just a simple equation of input versus output, right? So the most challenging part was defining what key activities I needed to do versus what other people needed to do, and just in general, what didn't need to be done, right? Uh, really good question there. Number two, uh, number two was hiring. Um, yeah, that, that was really, really difficult. Defining who to bring onto the team what job duties needed to be done, who we actually needed, uh, and leadership as well. And basically, I defaulted to servant-based leadership in terms of like, I'll lead by example. I'm not going to be above you. I'm not going to be a boss, but I'm going to cast the vision. I'm going to say what needs to be done towards there, defining the KPIs and the the key actions that need to be taken. And I'm going to lead by example and do what I need to do. Um, And and then I'm also going to help you do what you need to do, but also fostering a creative environment where they're allowed to fail. They're allowed to take experiments and, and venture out. It's not like you're operating in a box. Like this is a place to grow. 
and we're going to have fun along the way and we're going to make plenty of mistakes but that's the process of rapid experimentation and rapid validation we make mistakes we learn we improve together so that's number two higher number three uh number three uh let's see this is this is a rough one because i'm trying to think of in general versus right now and i guess i'll provide context fundraising right now has, has been the hardest part um the most difficult part of fundraising is just like, you know, a lot of venture capitalists, a lot of investors, they could be like doctors that have worked years or, you know, business owners for like brick and mortar uh, places like they started a series of Wendy's and, and whatnot. So they don't understand tech startups. So that's been very difficult trying to explain um, what a tech startup is, you know, what technology is, why it's so scalable, profit margins and whatnot. Um and also, not just fundraising in that self, like actually, currently, because of course we're bootstrapped. So, about it's coming up on fifty thousand dollars of my own money have have gone into this, and that's money we've made and reinvested, right? And and the initial lump sum I, I put into it, but I've invested a lot of money into this startup that I could have just saved, you know, and I could have put towards a house perhaps and, and whatnot. So, I would say decisions like that sometimes make me want to throw up because <laughs> that's a whole lot of money. Um, and you know, it, it, it's weird. You're paying like, sometimes I'm paying $2,200 a month for like a lead generation service that doesn't work out. And I remember from when I was in New York, I learned that, uh, that's like the monthly cost of a Lamborghini. And I always think about that in the back of my mind. Like I see why some people live so flashy because once you start to make a good bit of money per month, you really can afford like really nice things. If you have that stable income, which we do, so that that's also been a bit of a challenge trying to figure out like what's the balance between investing in growth and prioritizing stability and, and quality of life. And and that's something I need to get better at. But that's actually one of the later questions we'll we'll touch on. Let's see. How much has your business evolved since conception? Still doing the same thing you wanted to do in the beginning? No. <laughs> we started out as marketpain.co. It was going to be a platform to where software developers could post their apps and receive feedback from early adopters. And there could be a transaction of micro equity for micro funding, almost like crowdfunding, but directly through like, hey, I built this app. Do you like it? Yes. All right. Well, you can own a piece of it. Just give me a little funding to help it get off the ground. And that sounds great. A lot of people loved it, but they were like, hey, that's you got to apply with the SEC. You're going to have to get a broker dealers. You're a brokered a brokerage, right? kind of like Robin Hood. And the analogy that a lot of mentors made is that, hey, it took Robin Hood like three years to get to MVP because they had to do all those things to get partnerships with Citadel and, and all these complex stuff with the SEC. So I was like, all right, that's not going to be the best idea. Maybe we punt that five years down the roadmap and we can eventually launch that feature. But for now, let's go with the most feasible thing we can do. We help startups recruit early adopters for idea and product validation. We bring people to you based on who you need to speak to so that you don't have to spend the hours scouring Facebook groups and LinkedIn and, and social media and cold emailing, save you a bunch of hours doing that and then save you time on the product development side of things because now you have real feedback from people you know that are your relevant customers. So we've done that and that's how we've made um, a good bit of money. We've also made most of the money through Lean Discovery Group, which I never intended in a million years to start a product and UX design agency because I started 2021 not really knowing what UX design 
was per se, right? Like I really just jumped straight into it. And now I'm considered a senior product manager or product lead at, you know, several contracts now. It really, life just did not make sense at all. It was like, uh, I don't know what you call it, a twilight zone. That's really what 2021 was. I was like, screw whatever is out there, the structure that the world has told me. It's not working for me. I'm going to define my own. And now here we are. And Lean Discovery Group is making very good money. And it's what pays the bills. Um, and we basically come in as an immersed product and design agency. And now we've moved into development as well. So I basically think we do discovery, which is deciding what to build and who to build it for. Then we conceptualize it and design it up until the clickable prototype to where you know exactly what that app's going to look like, that app or website. And then we do the hands-on development of it as well, following agile methodology. So really a, a full service agency that I never intended to start, but through a lot of like just serendipity or whatever you want to call it, I learned how to operate a, a top class um, agency through partnerships as well. So great question. And then dream business partnership. Wow. Uh, okay. I would say partner with Y Combinator would be great. We're already kind of partnered with Techstars. That was going to be my second guess. And if you guys don't know what Y Combinator is or Techstars, Y Combinator is a startup accelerator that's prestigious, well-known around the world. They are where companies like Facebook, Airbnb, Dropbox, all these companies that are, um, I just said Facebook, but Elon Musk has done like content with them as well. Like that's where you go. PayPal as well. PayPal, uh, Twitch, just like any f like famous company you know of, if it's a tech startup, it's pretty much all gone through like Y Combinator or Techstars, right? So we're now partnered with the, the, the head of Techstars Global Startup Pipeline, Saba. You're the man. He has a company called Idea Validator IO. It's fantastic. And they've integrated us into their platform. Um, and I say these things like it's just normal because, like, to me, it, you know, it's like normal negotiations with this person I know. But when I say it out loud, actually, it, it, it kind of sounds crazy to think about that because you idolize these people for so long and, and these, these big organizations and you realize they're only one call away. They're only one Slack message away. They're only one degree of connection in terms of who you know away, one personal referral. And then they become friends. And <laughs> you're talking about going out to California to go hang out with these people, not talking about Saba, but talking about uh, these people I've gotten to know and these founders. It, it's incredible, man. Like we, we really are... Uh, we're all we're all in this together. It feels like so. Those would be my dream partnerships. Also being partnered with, um, I think user testing or user interviews. Because Basil, you're amazing. You helped us get our start and validate it, and now you've raised like twenty million. You're probably a hundred million dollar company by now, and we would love to be integrated with you. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be incredible. Uh, that's something I haven't really thought about because we're partnered with like Startup Grind and all these these smaller um, accelerators. But actually, really and truly, I want to start my own accelerator and then my own venture capital firm from CustomerDiscovery.co, but one thing at a time. So really, the partnerships would be to leverage things to you know provide the value proposition for now and then eventually just bringing it all in-house. Uh, <clears throat> how do you balance work with life and what do you do to kick back and reset? The people closest to me would laugh at whatever I had to say because really, to be honest, I don't have much of a work-life balance. It's kind of embarrassing at times. But like most of the time, I'm up at 5 a.m. in the office by 6 a.m. I work until 6 p.m. and then I'm free. Sometimes, well now more increasingly, 
um, I work out a lot more and I, I've gotten back in shape like from COVID and everything, like having to kind of like work my face off because I couldn't get a job and I had to start the business if I wanted to make money. I, I went from like 200 pounds to like 170 pounds because I had to stop working out. And for someone who like fitness was life in my previous life, right? Like for five years, at least more than that, like since I was a kid, that was rough because a certain degree of your identity is wrapped up in how you look and how you feel. And when you don't look good or feel good about how you look, it's kind of rough on the energy levels and, and self-esteem. So I went down like 170. And then luckily, more recently, I've surrounded myself with really strong people and, and motivating people who have got me back into the gym. And I'm, I'm back up to close to 190. I'm like hovering around that. And I'm feeling fucking great. So I think working out, if, if you guys haven't guessed, those who know me and, you know, who who have remembered me from the personal training days know that I love to work out and exercise. That's really helped. Actually, something I've picked up as well as playing video games, <laughs> like playing Call of Duty with the boys, as, as unprofessional, I guess, as that sounds, that's been a major stress reliever because for any other business owner or entrepreneur or just people with ADHD or what have you, like, if like you can't just turn that thing off. You can't turn your brain off. It does not shut off ever. If there was a pill to turn it off, I would take it in a heartbeat because it just it's always going like even in the middle of the night I wake up and in my dreams now I literally have dreams about invoices being paid on time and systems and processes improvement oh we can improve that we can save hours here we can maximize profit there my brain does not stop and I love that because I, I'm always stimulated by things but it it needs to stop sometimes like when you're trying to go out on a date you know and and you're trying to like spend time with the family like you want to relax and like soak that in you want to be in the moment so video games have helped because you can channel that into like something that you're trying to problem solve, right? And it feels productive, although it's not, right? It feels productive. You're having a good time talking with friends. It's a good transition into relaxing. And I realized like if I play video games before it's time to like R&R &R and go hang out with friends or go to sleep, like, you know, regardless of what you're doing, it really does help get you out of that, that, uh, that kind of analytic uh, mindset, which is probably what I'm most often in, um, trying to analyze things and break them down and problem solve. That's, that's basically what I do. So that is, that is your answer to that question. Um, I've started to get better with that in stress management, trying to identify the unit economics of stress, which is the amount of decisions I have to make per day. If I can minimize the amount of decisions I make per day, my, uh, decision fatigue goes down or I guess that it, it, it's reduced, right? Like I have less decision fatigue, so I have more energy and I can feel more because that's the hardest thing. When you're always trying to think through things, you forget to feel through things and we're humans. We should be able to feel things and, and let things feel good and, and prioritize like happiness, right? Um, so that's, that's probably the best answer. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's an effort in motion. It's never done and it's, it's dynamic, right? One week I may try to wake up at 7 a.m. Um, each day or try to reduce the amount of meetings I have by 50%. And I think that should be good for two weeks, but then I'm still going to want to get back to it and hit it hard for the next two weeks, right? So it's it's a process that's always changing. So yeah, those are, those are the questions I was asked today, and I hope that was helpful for you guys. I really enjoy this. This was a much better experience than the, the past podcast. Um, because the past two weeks have honestly been like the hardest two weeks of my life, I would say in terms of busyness and things to do and things I'm learning. 
as well and kind of challenging myself in my own thought process that that hasn't been easy so thank you guys so much for the support thank you for listening to this podcast that i started from my parents house um (laughs) in a room with like the playstation in the background and you know a lot's changed since then and some of it's hard to wrap my mind around and the other part of it like gives me anxiety because i'm like we could fail at any second but Luckily, I I wake up thinking that by the end of the day, I always feel like, damn, we're really crushing it. So um, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Your support means the world. And we're going to the moon, baby. Let's fucking go.